You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Yop Bebe. This marks Yop's second time on the podcast, and it's beautiful to have him on again. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar, Yop is a pianist from Holland who's seen success in the streaming era. The most amazing part about this is how he's never had to compromise and sacrifice his artistic merit for success. His albums have resonated with people, and this includes his latest album, Genesis. It's his third release, a double album, which is a vast journey of compositions that touch upon the different emotions of the human condition. This is one of those albums that doesn't leave you with much questions after you experience it, but luckily Yop was willing to entertain my curiosity towards this album that he made. Trust me when I say you're going to love this one. This is the 405 Exchange with your Bevin. Enjoy. So, it's really great to be sat here with you again. Thanks yeah. for coming to see me again. Yeah. Appreciate I, it. I want to say it was just a little bit over a year since we met the first time. And, you know, one of the big things we kept coming around to is how much your life had changed up until that point. Yeah. This is like spring 2017. Uh, this is summer 2019. Uh, it's a pretty broad question, but how much would you say your life has changed since last time I saw you? Um, not that much. It's pretty much, um, pretty much the same thing. And uh, the... The only big difference is that um, I have a new record which um, comes with challenges of live performance. So um, it's basically a lot of instrumentalists needed to perform much of the music. Um, So that kind of gives me the option of doing bigger shows yet at the same time performing solo piano performances. Uh, that's that's new and it's kind of like finding the balance and making sure that you know we we keep it interesting for everyone and the audience mostly yeah I should say for people listening who might not have context but up until this point you've mostly been performing by yourself yeah. I saw you I think it was last winter no in oh, December December, December. Uh, 17 was it 2017? no it was 18 was it last Joe? it's just so, this year has been so fucking long yeah but yeah the national sawdust here yeah. in brooklyn yeah. and um i was actually going to bring this up later on in the talk but it's pretty fitting to bring it up now what really struck me with that performance was how great it was how attentive people were but i imagine that's always not the case typically what is not the case uh people being attentive or at least respectful like no yeah usually that that really is the case and yeah. uh um i think in a way that's I don't know it kind of comes with also the type of venues that you play in and uh, my bookers are doing a really really great job in that sense so usually the space already uh, you know allows for um, not too many people and and also kind of it's usually seated so people I don't know they, they just go into the music and are very attentive I'm lucky in that sense. I've uh, I've never had it uh, any other way except one show in LA where the beer machine or fridge decided to uh, kind of play along during the entire concert. Entire concert. Not the entire. I think at some point someone figured out what it was and 
shut it down. Uh, but it was like kind of like that consistent hum with dumps, I imagine. Yeah, it was pretty loud, actually. <laughs> oh, no. And then they said, well, we, we usually don't have like these quiet shows here, and nobody ever complained. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's a really... Oh, wow. Just what, all the things you think you could experience and you experience some of like that. How was well, that National Solidarity Show for you, though? Yeah, I did two there, and yeah. um, that was fantastic. I mean, the, that venue is incredible. The, pro, the, the programming is incredible, so it was super nice to be booked there. And um, I got to do two shows in a row. And it's, I don't know, it's just like great great vibe great sound not not too big I like it very small and intimate and uh, and yeah it's in Brooklyn it's, it's yeah. a fun place yeah. and the ceiling's quite high as well like, yeah that, is that interesting for how your yeah, piano yeah, yeah. chords carry like, yeah 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 I, I mean um, like usually recital halls for piano concerts are pretty high and um, uh, there's a lot of wood which is what what the sawdust had too. I think it was. I don't remember exactly the sound experience, but I do remember both shows were very fun to do and rewarding um, to play. Uh, also from the acoustics, I think. That's really beautiful. Um, you know, you brought up this uh, new record of yours. I'm going to ask about that. But actually, you've released technically I've released two records since we last spoke properly. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to talk about the journeys of those, and I think it'll be really illuminating for people to getting to hear them. Um, first, let's go to Conatus, which mm -hmm. came uh, back in September. Uh, yeah. The album features reworked versions of your songs from the first two albums. Mm -hmm. um, why did you want to do those? Um, well, to be honest, the the initiative or the the idea came from uh, my A and R manager, and he said I want to do like a a remix album of, of your tracks and I said well that I don't think that's gonna work per se I mean what do you mean by reworks or re remixes um, and we had a quick talk about it and basically we I said well it, it, it's interesting to to uh, to have the music be um, the center of, of creation in the sense that um, if I would <clears throat> let's put it this way um, usually remix is like taking snippets uh, off pieces or maybe one or two stems and then create a new song structure with it or maybe add beats or something um, and I think the idea of musing having its own um, will so to say to to change and to morph into a new form um, was an interesting standpoint to, to or a starting point and um, so basically we selected people that I thought would um, create an interesting version or create an interesting interpretation of these previous compositions and I basically didn't have anything to do with it except for picking these people yeah. and um, so it was very much about you know Conant is kind of it means um, it's like an innate um, will to exist and to in, in order to stay alive you have to change and sh shift shape um, to stay present and to stay alive and um, that that's what we try to do with uh, with that album 
Yeah, but to be honest, I mean, using the words remix and rework almost feel like um, such small words in contrast to what was done because like you said, how you gave these songs to people that you trusted, they really did put so much of themselves and their own creativity in these songs. And uh, we should state how within uh, your first two albums up until this point, it's just uh, purely you on the piano, there's no vocals. and. On this uh, rework album, there are vocals, and mm-hmm. what's that like for you to hear your music uh, to have vocals with it? Like, how did that feel? For Good, you? it's amazing. I mean, it, like, uh, um, you, it it, it kind of shows that. Well, it turned into a new song, basically, and uh, and so you you have the standalone piano version that has a hopefully some form of narrative as well and but now in this particular example that you're referencing uh, from Aisha de Fisser there is a there is a new melody line on top and there is she basically uses the the previous piano version as chords um, for her song so to see that work and, and, and coming to her sound world which is really phenomenal was um, yeah, it was something very, uh, yeah, it got me very happy, and uh, and and uh, yeah, all the other pieces were. Uh, it, I tr- one one thing I should mention is that um, I saw the benefit of doing this project also to uh, prepare the listeners for the album that my new album. So I wanted to make sure that it was not. I wasn't just perceived as this is solo piano music and that's what it's going to be forever this project gave me the opportunity to show a broader palette of sounds and textures that I find interesting and also to you know anticipate a little bit on what would come on my third solo album yeah which you were essentially building like a bridge in a lot of ways yes yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up uh, that musician uh, how do you pronounce her name? Afi de Fisser yeah i do it horribly, but uh, yeah. I've been a fan of her music for quite some time. She released an album back in 2016 that a friend put me on to, and you know, it's funny, I don't um, know how to express this in a way that, I, I don't know how to articulate this the way I'd like, but even though she sings in uh, her native Dutch, I mm-hmm. really feel like Americans and British people could definitely get something yeah. from her music anyway. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. I th- That was one of the goals I had with the Konatis album, was to also showcase artists from the Netherlands that could easily be uh, have an international career and some of them are already uh, known outside of the Netherlands obviously but um, she's uh, yeah her, her way of interpreting or, or singing is is very I don't know it's it's very sound driven and uh, so it doesn't really matter what language it is yeah. And it's very fluid and uh, maybe like if you hear like a Icelandic singer or something, you know, you accept that because it has a certain phonetic quality to it that you you really appreciate. And I think she does that with the Dutch language, which is incredible because if, you, if, you, know, <laughs> if you know the Dutch language, that's not a language that's easy for, um, well, singing. 
I would say I have to be very careful with this. <laughs> <laughs> Before we jump into talk about your um, third album, I mean, you mentioned the aspect of having this be a bridge for fans, but I imagine in some ways there's also a bit of a bridge for you. Do you feel like the experience of making this happen with Kanata's kind of changed you as an artist, creatively in any way? Mm, no, I, I, I don't think so. It's, it, it was, no. <laughs> that's not a very nice answer I, uh, well, I, I, I guess change might be too broad a word I guess because it is essentially collaboration in a sense it got to open yeah. you up to that I would say no I, I, I mean I used my, my I used to uh, do this all the time I mean in my work before I I became a, a musician um, I worked at a company where we would collaborate with a lot of artists and different people to create music mostly for advertising back in the day um, so I'm, I was kind of used to the approach of you know thinking about something that would would sound great and, and, and approaching these people and just asking them if they would want to participate and, um, I have to say we, I did this together with Christian my A&R label manager and that was also f very fun because we we were working towards the new album. We we were actually already in the process of doing the new solo album and and having talks about interpreters for Conades was also really helping to get closer to each other in terms of like what kind of moods and flavors and in in, in in music do we like and we think we should perceive or um, uh, pursue ourselves. Yeah. I like that correlation. Like that makes a, like with, it sounds obvious, but hearing you say it, um, the correlation to your previous work in advertising to this, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, and 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 also, I'm, a lot of people are looking for ways of sharing uh, their work and in their space by collaborating with others. And for me, which very important to to have kind of me out of the equation and, and basically say like I, I, I maybe I said that the last time as well but this music kind of was presented to me and it's almost like it really has its own will you know and it's so interesting to have it develop and, and evolve uh, into new forms um, without being too overly involved in that process. You very much did say that the last time we talked. Yeah, about the aspect of it not just only belonging to you. Yeah. That did uh, very much uh, stay with me after we talked the last time. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to go now into your third album that came out back in April. Uh, let me see if I got it right. Uh, Henosis. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I can pronounce things. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, or Henosis or Henosis. I, I, I don't know what the proper English pronunciation would be. <laughs> I always say Hainosis, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, the first song the world got to hear from that album was Into the Dark Blue. Yeah. And what is it that you feel that track says about the project as a whole? I mean, obviously, one singular track can encapsulate an entire project, but I do feel like it, it's an interesting statement that this was the first thing we got to hear from it. Yeah, it, it, it was the first thing because I... Um, I wanted to show that there would come new 
music and new sounds and this is the first track I did with electronics um, merch with electronics and it's kind of like getting people um, ready for the rest of the of the album and it's also it's an it's hopefully it's like a, an inviting piece it's like it's not really like a powerful song on its own it kind of is like an an invitation it feels like an invitation if you if you listen to it and um, so that that's why we picked that song and also the title was also an invitation like we're going to go on a journey and uh, and that's why into the dark blue was yeah it was a fitting first first single i think yeah it's so interesting how because obviously it is a single but i wonder if you get a kick at the idea of single the word descriptor and the functionality of what a single is being used in regards to your music not really no <laughs> i mean it's it kind of feels a little outdated i think yeah and um and it's also like you it has a function the way i just described it it's like if you want to if you, if you want to manage expectations or kind of or kind of send out an invitation then yeah that you think about what what do people what what might be the right tonality to to present and uh, with the ultimate purpose being them getting enthusiastic about the opportunity of listening to the whole thing whereas many times singles are so strong that they overpower uh, the idea of an album um, and that that was definitely not my intention my intention was was the invitation and and, uh, and hopefully to invite people to sacrifice their time by <laughs> listening listening to the whole the whole thing uh, I'm gonna ask more about the album before I do I do want to ask about another single which I don't think is too counterproductive because it is such a standout composition on its own but uh venus it makes me when i listened to it for the first time it very much made me feel as though that you were inspired in making it that that was the feeling that you were inhibiting um and i recently saw a comp uh, interview with a composer uh jean lesicky and he mentioned that the piano could be a very limitless instrument that he feels that what keeps him very much tied to the instrument is that he's always finding new ways to express himself with emotions and with thoughts um is that something you can relate to in regards to how you feel about the piano? I feel like Venus is a good example of that. Yeah, it's a very interesting question because um, there's several ways I can try and answer this. Um, there's too many ways I can try and answer this. <laughs> Please, go into well, let, 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 Let's start with um, the limitlessness of the piano. I think, indeed, um, that for pretty much every emotion or uh, feeling you can find a way of expressing that just by using the piano but it's limited so um, in the sense that um, well it obviously restricts you with with just having one one instrument um, and you can play around with sound to create a particular mood or atmosphere. Um, Venus wasn't wasn't played with the piano, so I, 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 I composed that um, with strings. Entirely? 
No, it's basically uh, how that how that track came about was I I I I kind of put together a, a nice sounding um, digital uh, sort of sample based uh, quartet. Yeah. And and I basically did lay down uh, the chords and I left spaces and then um, then I knew I wanted to include the piano later on in the stage but first I thought I need like a, a melody or a solo or a lead and um, I wanted to use a cello for that so I, I basically used a pretty good sounding sample cello and, and played the lead melody um, up to the point where uh, the piano part starts so basically it's like a solo cello piece with with string arrangements and then at the end there's like a dance between the piano and the, and the cello Wait, that's my favorite part also. yeah yeah thanks yeah <laughs> yeah the, the whole the whole part before that serves to launch that um, that sequence and um, it but I didn't really think about it it was it, it's it, it, it was the that's the, the another way of answering your question uh, with this last album um, unlike the previous two the previous two solo ones I had a, a preconceived idea of what I wanted to do and uh, so I kind of knew or kind of felt like okay this I need to create this this sense of space and uh, and cosmos and journey and it and kind of grandeur as well it needs to be completely zoomed out so f much further away from the very intimate um, and naked uh, version of the music that was in solipsism my previous or my my uh, debut um, so I I definitely use the piano to try and create slightly new for me new musical vocabulary or composition style to to try and express that sense of, of fastness and uh, um, so yeah I think that's a very long answer it's okay. I hope the listeners are still there I've watched it sure that they are and, uh, no what I really love in how you put that is to to learn how much intent was behind the overall sound of this record because I mean, like, when I consider what you had done previously, the first record and the second record, it's like you mentioned, it's very intimate. With the second record, it's so intimate to the fact that you do find yourself thinking how much more intimate could a person get. It, it's almost mm -hmm. like the equivalent of someone having, like, a macro lens of a camera in your face. It's mm -hmm. that, like, tight. So with this album, there are intimate moments, but as a whole, it is very much grandiose. Yeah. Was, was there not any... I hope this is a disrespectful question to ask, but from an artistic point of view, is there never any fear in exploring that, or was it just pure excitement? I think it's, it, it, it's artistically, it's pure excitement, and rationally, there was, there was some fear in the sense that it's never good to be too rationally involved with the work you do. You better, you know kind of just channel what comes through and, and accept it which was what definitely what happened with the first two albums and uh, I did take a, a chance and and I was continuously aware uh, of the risk of 
thinking out a particular tactic or strategy, which the only thing I, I, I really thought out was um, I started I started with a very with, I started basically with something so intimate it's kind of like the waking up to the self and then my second record I thought was slightly more zoomed out uh, still very intimate but a bit more spacious also the compositions were less less um I would say they were less tethered. I don't know. I don't know what that word means. Oh, like less connected. Obviously, it was very much an album, but I feel like the compositions had more individuality within them, like more isolation in certain points. Yeah, really. Yeah, from the second. Okay, I, uh, I, for, for me, it was it was it was further away from me, and it was more descriptive, and more like storytelling. Where the first one is like, you know, it's like. Naked is the only right word I can think of it, and so coming from the the very individual self to more the descriptive, let's say others or collective. Yeah. Um, the third step would mean zooming out even further, and that that was that was a rational thought, um, and it gave me a concept to create something new, and that process of creation was quite intuitive so I hope and I know some people you know will appreciate the the solo piano stuff because it's peaceful and comfortable and but I think in terms of uh, hopefully um, you know artistic expression that the, the zoomed out version does does um, what's the word hit target no that's really off uh, like hit home <laughs> hit home thank yeah. you there you go that's it Thanks. it is a very peculiar expression <laughs> um, you know and I this is a very this is a question that's kind of very born out of respect because I'd be remiss to not mention how in 2019 it's quite a bold thing to have an album that clocks in at nearly um, an hour and 41 minutes such as this new record that you released. Um, mm -hmm. In the classical world, particularly in like very piano-based driven music, there is an understanding that such works will have lengths, like the artist will be able to very much, not indulge, but explore themselves within a very particular facet where time doesn't feel so constrictive. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder if you as an artist, were you ever concerned about the how this were this work would be um, experienced yeah yeah of course I, I mean it's it's uh, uh, that's why I, I that's why I used the word sacrifice time in earlier in our conversation because it, um, it it's quite a thing to ask people to sit through almost two hours of music and nowadays I mean it's already incredible if they listen to one song with all the billions of songs out there and uh, but I, I I don't know I my, my goal was to create a, like a real journey um, in which at some point as a listener you you kind of forget that you're actually listening and that you maybe forget that you you are so I, I needed I think I needed some time to get there and it could have been probably more efficient to to have the same effect but 
in a way we started I started writing and then and then we started putting everything in a in a particular order and and then this this journey kind of you know started really working and and I skipped a couple of songs but still uh, still there's 23 I think or 22 and uh, yeah <laughs> I uh, I did I did concerts and two hour long concerts where the, the the overall feedback or like a lot of people said this didn't absolutely didn't feel like two hours so in a way yeah I, I hope I managed to bend time a little bit um, so it shouldn't be of any importance when listening to this record <laughs> no I would say that you did when I was experiencing the record uh, the several times that I have it was one of those peculiar instances of it kind of felt I akin to like being in a bit of a rabbit hole I don't mean that in a very derogatory way but it's kind of like when you're in a rabbit hole with say videos online and you find yourself very engaged but then you recognize that like so much time has passed yeah it was like that with the music and I think that correlates to what you're talking about where it's not so much just listening but also inhibiting the experience of listening to it yeah. as well yeah and that's uh, it, it's also a very uh, uh, individual experience in a way so it, it, ideally you listen to it. it it asked much more from the listener than, than just the, p the piano you can put on if you have uh, visitors or or at any time it's not going to be too demanding you have you can you can listen actively but you can also just leave it yeah. in the back and this one doesn't work like that you have to kind of put on your headphones and start walking i'm glad that you said that because that's how i listened to it yeah. that's very much i, I did tr start at first listening into the room and then i noticed the shift in dynamics and i was like oh there's actually more in regards to headphones yeah so it's nice to hear that again was part of the intent yeah 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 I only have a couple more questions for you, but uh, you know what also came with the release of this album was also a short film that accompanied it. Um, yeah. I love to hear about how that film was created for um, Hinosis, um, mm -hmm. how that came together. Well, it's the same the 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 same procedure we used for prehension. So basically, every every all my artwork is uh, being done by Rai Resfai, who you know, I think. Yeah, true legend. <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, he also did this artwork and. Um, uh, and the film, and uh, I mean it was it, it's kind of difficult because the 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 theme of the record and also uh, of the film is um, is slightly more complex or uh, difficult to um, to explain. So we tried a couple of approaches, and then he said, "Why well, I, I want to." do this again with like a couple like a man and woman and and um, basically one of the themes of the record is to let go of thinking in terms of ego and and, and matter or the materialistic and um, so he created a small storyline it's all very abstract and I put in quite some uh, metaphors and symbolism and stuff uh, but basically it's really about be becoming one um, uh, with each other and the elements so nature so the universe and uh, um, and then we shot it in two days in a studio wow. <laughs> yeah with a lot of help from friends and 
Mark, my manager, produced it. Yeah, again, like he did prehension. He's a jack of all trades, and um, yeah, I'd recommend for people to check to check it out. It's on YouTube, and it's beautiful, and it's a great accompaniment to the album. I mean, uh, I feel like the album does a great job in providing uh, imagery in your head as you listen to it, but having a film like this also provides such. I think crucial extra context as well. Yeah, that's always the tricky part. Like, I ideally I don't have any visuals to it because I don't want to influence what people might feel or think for themselves. Um, on the other hand, you want to, you know, in this life, create a bit of a microcosmos in which your work lives, and then you need the visual as well um, yeah. to have some form of recognition or recognizability. Yeah, completely. Uh, we're at the end, but before we run, I just wanted to ask you one more thing. Um, uh, the first time we spoke, you mentioned how, uh, well, you illuminated me to the fact that there were times that you found yourself feeling like a bit of an outsider in the context of like, the classical music world in mm -hmm. regards to how you were received and perceived with uh, your first record and how you were written about. Uh, since some time has passed since we last spoke, I wonder how you feel about that today. Is it still kind of... Yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of the same, I think, and um, I mean, I, I, I um, for me, it, it, it's become a bit of a non-topic because I don't want to be uh, part of of that tradition. Um, I mean, I, I don't care if if I am, but it's never, it's not my intent. And. Um, the, the label was really happy with the album <laughs> and they deal with a lot of classical music um, I don't know I just hope that you know this will create uh, a bridge for a lot of people to go deeper into actual classical music and uh, uh, but I still s see myself more as a alternative or alternative artist I think that's helpful I, think, I mean I mean with me having such a very tertiary uh, what's the right word to describe it a very tertiary viewpoint and um, interest towards the classical world like I know of some things of things that friends have told me and there's some artists that I like but I don't really know much about the inner workings or the conversations but when I come across artists like you I do feel like you have quite a more dynamic uh, holistic palette to offer in terms mm -hmm. of like a listening experience and this latest album is a really prime example of it yeah well there is a lot of freedom involved like you, you can just if, if you're part of the tradition then there's a lot of rules involved yeah, which makes it very difficult to to be free and and, and, and to create something in, in a small amount of time that that kind of fully expresses what you want to say or explore um, and then you have to, you know, I mean, there's so much fantastic music being written already that it kind of nummifies because you have to be like a, a genius to <laughs> be able to create something that will fit in that long tradition. And, and you'll, you'll have to be a fantastic instrumentalist if you want to perform your own music as well. And uh, so, and in, in, on the other side, in electronic or alternative or world music, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like you, you can you can play bongo and you can make a bongo album, and, and if it's good, then it's good. So the rules are are are, are completely different, and um, 
and that allows I think for honest creation um, and, um, and I think that's a good thing I would definitely agree thank you so much for catching up with me I really do appreciate it yeah me too man it was fun thanks thanks so much